Welcome to the Leadership Matters Podcast, where we talk matters of leadership because leadership really does matter. Here's your host, Jeremy Albrecht. Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of the Leadership Matters Podcast. My name is Jeremy and you're in for a treat today. We've got a special edition episode. We've actually got three of these coming up. And this is, all three of these are actually taken from our annual Initiate Leadership Conference. It's for next-gen leaders held every November. So this is 2022, and you're about to hear from general session number one. It's myself speaking a message entitled, Worth the Follow. So let's listen in together. Okay, Mark chapter 5, verse 21 says this. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him. Well, he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. Verse 25. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, She got worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Wow. Verse 29, immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized the power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, somebody say daughter, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead. They said, why bother the teacher anymore? Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child's not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, that'll preach right there. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said, Talitha ka'um, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and walked around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. It is life to us. We know your word says that every time it goes forth, it will not return void. And so we're believing for a harvest from your word this morning. As seeds are scattered, you will bring a harvest because of this word today. Not because they're my words, but because they're your words. This is your word we just read from. And so help me to unpack what you would want to share with your people this morning at this Initiate 2022. Bless my pastors today as they walk through transition. Would you just bless them? Would you encourage them? Would you guide them? Give our church board discernment. 
as we navigate this season, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I was about 15 years old when a, my home church hired a brand new youth pastor. Um, he, he had come fresh out of Bible college, and uh, he was not married yet, single, male. And from the moment I met this guy, I knew this guy was different. He was completely different, not like any other church leader. Now, I had grown up in the church, and so I had met and been around a lot of pastors. I had seen and, and heard and met a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of church leaders. But this guy, from the moment I met him, I knew this guy, he just lived differently. Not only did he live differently, but from the moment he met me, I don't know if he saw something in me, whatever it was, but he invited me into his life to watch him do life, to follow him. And so it made me really curious just because he did life so differently. And I can literally remember moments. I'm like a 15-year-old boy. I'm in bed at night. It's 10, 11 o'clock at night. I'd hear his truck pull into my driveway. He'd knock on the door. He'd ask my parents. This was all pre-planned to protect, by the way. And he would knock on my door, and he would ask my parents if he could come up to my bedroom. I'd be in bed under the covers, and he'd sit on the side of my bed, crack open his Bible, and show me passionately something he had learned in scripture that morning. And this was not like a, a weird, you know, one time, this would happen regularly. He'd just show up late at night, I'd be almost asleep, and then he'd, and I'd be like, man, there is something about this guy. I don't know what, but I want to know more. Whatever it is, whatever he's got, this guy's, this guy is whacked, but I kind of like it. It's kind of refreshing. And, and it was so unpredictable because you just didn't know what he was going to do. And, and up to that point in my life, I had grown up in the church and I had seen Christianity a, a little bit like very religious. And um, it became all about the rules of things I couldn't, couldn't do. You know, I couldn't play hockey on Sundays and different things like that. that but this guy seemed to have this relationship with Jesus that gave him power it gave him such purpose. He was so passionate. But I think more than any of that stuff, as great as that was, I think what really drew me to him was his unpredictability. He was just unpredictable. You never knew what he was going to do. And that's what, I just couldn't figure him out. And for me, that's what made me deem in my heart, this guy is worth the follow. And I want to talk to you for the next few moments from that title, Worth the Follow. Let me start by asking you this. What makes a leader worth the follow? What makes a leader worth the follow? And I think in, a, in our, our age, our, our society today with the rise of social media and everything, I think we first of all need to, need to establish what is even meant by following because I think, you know, for many of us, we follow all sorts of people on social media and it's pretty easy to do. We, we do it for all sorts of reasons. But for our purposes here this morning, I want to suggest, I want to establish that when I say follow, I'm talking about something far more encompassing, far more significant and deeper than just the ease of clicking a button on your favorite social media platform. I'm talking about following someone with your life. And I can't speak for you, but I know for myself, like, first and foremost, foundational to me following anyone is the fact that this leader is actually going somewhere that I would like to go as well. Leaders worth following actually are going, but for me, it's not so much just the fact that they're going somewhere. It's the fact that they, they know where they're going, they know who they are, but it's how they get there. 
It's the unpredictability piece. I know for my youth pastor, I opened up talking about, like, it was his unpredictability that kept me coming back for more. It kept me, wa- it kept me curious. It kept me wanting to, the fact that I couldn't figure him out is the very piece that made me want to follow this guy. It was mysterious. It was adventurous. And I think as a society, we, we get really bored really quickly with predictability. Don't we? Like we check out. Some of you, maybe you're predicting what's going to happen in this session for the rest of the day, and the fact that you can predict most of it causes many of you to even check out even now. You've already checked out a little bit. You're checking in and out, you know, based on predictability. Well, he's going to do this. We'll wrap this up. We'll have a response. We'll, you know, get some coffee. We'll go to our first breakout. It'd be like you're predicting what's going to happen next, and it causes us to mentally check out. We disengage. Bottom line this morning is this. If, if you don't get anything else, I really want you to get this. Leaders worth following. What makes a leader worth the follow? Leaders worth following are predictably unpredictable. Predictably unpredictable. Predictably unpredictable. Uh, I, I, need, I need to do something right now. We got A, B, C, D, E, F. Okay. I, I know my alphabet, but just track with me. I'm doing something in number seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Right under here should be, if I got my calculation. Yeah, it, it was. Now, nobody's sitting in that seat, but you're pretty close, so I'm going to give you that. That's a $25 Amazon card just for sitting in a seat close to H is... is H stands for heaven, and seven, seat seven was actually a, a, a heavenly number, I figured, so H7 would be a great seat to put that under. Now, down in Scarborough, the seats are actually lettered and numbered, so it was really easy there, but I had to kind of make it up here. But Now, why did I just do that in the middle of my message? See, here's, here's the truth. I did that to prove the bottom line I just stated to you, the fact that everybody, regardless if you had checked out or not, you just checked back in and you followed every step I took because you're, what is he doing right now? Where is he going? What's he about to do? Why? Because it was unpredictable. Nobody walked in here this morning thinking in the middle of his message he's going to give away a $25 Amazon card. You weren't predicting that. Leaders worth following are predictably unpredictable. Now, you can call it mystique, you can call it adventure, you can call it even crazy. But as human beings, we remember the unpredictable over the predictable. I was with our our family a couple years ago. We were out on a family bike ride around Peterborough, and it was a really, really hot day. We had the whole crew, my wife and three kids, and we're out on a family bike ride, and we're biking past a body of water that's not the nicest. Um water. It looked a little bit dirty, a little bit grungy. Many of you probably would never go in it, but I had this thought, what if I bike over to the water? I don't even announce to my family. I just bike over there, take my shoes and socks off, and I just jump in fully clothed. We're not prepared for this. This could be an unpredictable moment, but I thought this could turn into a core memory for these kids because I'm fully clothed. They're not thinking this is going to, but I guarantee, I at least know, I think I know my kids well enough to know if I jump in, I can get all of them in. And if we're all in there, I bet you, I just have this hunch we could even get their mom in there. And that would, they'll never forget. If they get her in because she doesn't get her hair wet very easily, you know, she's the last in the water. I just don't want to get my hair wet today. It's just not what I do. And I, I'm picking on her a bit, but I'll, I'll pay for that later. But she, if we could get her in there, I know this will turn into a core memory for us. 
Like, these guys will never, ever forget this. And so I bike over there. I take my shoes and socks off, and I just dive in. And it's, so, it's gross. It's a little muddy. And, we, and I see my kids behind me, and before I can even come up out of the water, one's already in with me, and the other two are like, what are you doing? And then before they can finish, they're in too. And then we're all chanting, Mom, 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 until she finally took the shoes and socks off, and she jumped in. And here we are, our whole family like, we're, we're getting older now. This isn't like your toddlers and your parents. Like, we're like, everyone's kind of looking like, what are they doing? <laughs> People don't swim here. <laughs> but this is a core memory now. Why? Because it was unpredictable. We still talk about it to this day. The other couple weeks ago, we were, my wife and our youngest daughter, we were on our way to Oshawa, going to do some shopping on a Friday night. Had no plans. And I have this thought on our way to Oshawa. I thought, we could go to the Oshawa Center or what if we went downtown Toronto? And so I asked them, we're driving in Oshawa. I said, now guys, we can go to the Oshawa Center and that'd be okay, but what if we went downtown? They're like, what do you mean downtown? I said, downtown Toronto. What if we hopped on a GO train right now and went downtown to the Eaton Center? Wouldn't that be way cooler? We got no plans tonight. And so we did. We, we went into the store, bought what we needed because we weren't clothed for this. And so we got a sweatshirt or two to walk around. And we took the go train. And it was this memory our daughter will never forget. She was just jacked walking the streets of downtown Toronto. These core memories. Why? Because it was unpredictable. The unpredictable moments. I'm convinced this is one of the largest missing components to our discipleship efforts in the church today is adventure. Jesus was on adventure constantly. Everything he did was mysterious. It was, it was unpredictable. It's what made people want to follow him. I still live with the core belief, the core conviction that it's a huge tragedy if believers can make sense of an unbeliever's life. If your neighbors can make sense of how you live and why you live the way you live, then that's a huge problem. We, have, we just sang about it. We have an answer. We speak Jesus. Like, there's power in that. How can we just live the way? Like, every day is unpredictable. The other day, again, I was just telling a story up at Breathe about picking up a hitchhiker. It happened last week again. I picked up another hitchhiker. One day I'll probably die because of this, but I don't care. I met Riley. Riley's my new friend, and we, I shared the gospel with Riley because I had 50 minutes of his undivided attention. He couldn't go anywhere. I saw him reaching for the door. <laughs> go for it, bud. See what happens. Jesus was unpredictable. He remained predictably unpredictable in everything he did. And in this passage, again, we see him here doing this. Like, just... Think about it for a second. Jesus literally walked past his disciples, and he would say, follow me. Hey, follow me. Drop your nets, follow me. And people did. Why do you think they would do that? They did it because this guy was unpredictable. We could stay here and fish and get up every day and fish and throw our nets and fish. We can, we can collect taxes and rob people of their money, or we can follow this unpredictable guy that is just an adventure every single day. Like, think about it. They would get up. The only thing they could predict every morning is that today is going to be unpredictable. The only thing they could predict. You think they predicted, like, when they got up that morning of the five loaves and, and two fish, that they predicted that was going to happen? I doubt it. 
Hey guys, just think, today we're going to get up and Jesus, we're going to be out of food. We're going to ask some little dude if we could borrow his bag lunch and and Jesus is going to multiply it and feed like over 5,000 people. That's going to be cool. Or the day they got up, I I doubt they predicted the day they got up and, and watched Jesus mix some spit with some mud to heal some blind guy and allow him to see again. I doubt they predicted that. Every day was an adventure following Jesus. And yet so many times our lives have become so predictable. Jesus remained predictably unpredictable. Now some of you are thinking, well, so what? You know, we're not Jesus. You're right. You're not. I'm not. But Jesus has called us to follow him. Right? You with me on that? He's called us to follow him, and so I'm crazy enough to believe that if he's called us to follow him, then we can actually follow him in the same unpredictable ways like Jesus lived his life. And three things I see in this text here today that I want to unpack and share with you, ways that Jesus stayed predictably unpredictable. The first was with his pace. We talked about this up at Breathe for our whole time there, but I want to just just spend a couple minutes talking about Jesus' pace. Think about it. Jesus, in three years, accomplished the entire purpose for his life. Everything he did in three years. Everything God had called him to do, had purposed over his life, he did in three years. And not once was he found running. Not once was he found in a hurry. And he was never late. Not once. Accomplished it all. And here we have in this text, he's on his way to heal. This is an emergency situation. He's on his way to heal this little girl who's dying, 12 years old. She's dying. On his way to heal her. This just blows my mind. On his way to heal her, you'd think if there was ever a time to pick up the pace, it's now, right? Like, we better speed up because this girl, it's an emergency situation. She's dying. We got to get moving here. But Jesus still goes at a pace that allows this sick, feeble woman of 12 years, I mean, she's, she's getting weaker by the moment, and yet she's still able to reach out and touch him. Not somebody else, not get somebody else to get his attention. She's able to reach out and touch him. That speaks to me that Jesus is still going at the pace that's aligned to his purpose. And that's what you need to hear this morning, that unpredictable leaders operate at a pace that's designed by their purpose. It's determined by their purpose. Predictable leaders go at a pace that society sets or the situation dictates and says, oh, you better pick up the pace. You better hurry up because everyone around you is in a hurry. You know what hurry does? It kills intimacy. Hurry kills intimacy and it robs leaders of being engaged. Hurry will cause you to be disconnected, disengaged, and distracted. The more it's a sickness. It's an epidemic we face today, always being in a hurry. And what it does, it robs us from being fiercely present in the moment. And that's exactly what Jesus was in this moment. As he's on his way to another moment, Jesus is able to remain fiercely present in this moment. How? Because he was going at the pace that was determined by his purpose. Not by the pace of the situation he was headed to. I was on a plane to BC uh, about a year ago, going out to speak at a youth conference. And I was on this plane, I sat beside this young couple, I could tell they were newlyweds, they were in young love, it was, it was cute. 
And I'm on the aisle seat, and I'm sitting beside the husband, and then the wife is on the window seat, and, um, and I'm praying over students that I'm about to go and speak to. I had a list of names. I'm praying over them. I'm going over my message for that. I'm on my way to a moment. But I'm trying my best, and I don't get it right, but I find that the moments where I can actually do my best to be fiercely present and go at my pace, the pace that God has set for my life, it's determined by my purpose, not somebody else's, that I'm able to be fiercely present in moments, even though I'm on my way to a moment. And so in this moment, Holy Spirit speaks and says, I'm wrapping up, and I'm like, I'm going to have a nap. I mean, I've worked hard on this plane. I didn't just sit here and watch a movie. Like, I'm prepping. I've prepared for for tonight. And so I'm going to take a break. And Holy Spirit speaks and says, well, what about the people on this plane? What about the people next to you? What if I want to speak to them? And I'm learning to pray this prayer. Holy Spirit, if you could say anything, do anything in this moment in time, in this space that I find myself in, what would you want to do? What would you want to say? And how would you want to use me? And so I prayed that simple prayer. Holy Spirit speaks to me, gives me a word for this couple beside them who I haven't even introduced myself to yet. We're halfway through this flight, and they're sound asleep. And so I start writing it down on a piece of paper, not knowing if I'll have a chance to share it or not. So I write it down, and then as I'm getting to the very end, they wake up. He wakes up. And so I lean over, and I introduce myself to him told him who I was, and I believe in God, and I'm just sitting here praying, and, and I want to share this with you, what God has laid on my heart for what I believe he wants to say to you guys. I don't even know if you believe in God. And Anyways, I share it with him, and I pass the piece of paper to his wife, who's now awake and alert to what's going on. So I pass it to her, and I finish, and he just kind of sits there in kind of shock. His eyes are big, and she leans forward, and her eyes are big, and she just says, thank you. And I could see she's emotional, she's, there are tears in her eyes, and he goes on to share with me, next to me, he says, we're actually believers, we're actually Christians. And uh, this makes way more sense than you probably realize. And uh, we've been contemplating this major decision over our lives and what way to go, and we feel like if we went this way, it'd be running from, but we're a little bit scared, and this way over here, this path is a little bit more comfortable and, and easy, and we've been leaning towards that, but now we realize even through your word and your, your obedience this morning that we know what we need to do, and it's given us the courage to, to make this decision. And, uh, and I was just like, You know, God is so good. He's so faithful. The fact when we go at our pace that's determined by our purpose that there are moments throughout each of our days. Every day has unpredictable moments like that. It might be on a plane. It might be in a classroom. It might be at work. It might be at at, at school. It might be in your grocery store. I don't know, but there are moments. And the only way we can be fiercely present in those moments is when we're going at our pace. Not the pace of the people around you that's predictable. The unpredictable pace. The pace that Jesus went at. He stayed unpredictable with his pace. He also stayed unpredictable with his peace. Here in this passage, he, he talks to this, this woman who's got this issue of blood. And this has been her identity up to this point. She's known, she's not even named in scripture. She's known as the woman with the issue of blood. Imagine that being your title. Hello, what do you do? What's your name? Oh, I'm the woman with the issue of blood. You know, for the past 12 years, talks about in Mark chapter 5. Yeah, that's me. 
I'm the woman with the issue of blood. And then Jesus says to her, after she reaches out, he turns, fiercely present in the moment, he turns to her in an unpredictable way. People are, probably were predicting something else. And instead of saying, you know, just you're healed or, or who touched me and you shouldn't be touching me because you're unclean and now that's going to make me, un he's not worried about any, instead he turns to her and he says, daughter. Oh, this will preach right here. He says, daughter, go in peace. Before he says anything else, he says, daughter, go in peace. Daughter, go in peace. Why is that so significant? Because he's giving her a new identity by calling her daughter. Everyone else has known her as the woman with the issue of blood, and now she's reached out, she's touched the Son of God, and he says, not woman with your issue, he says, daughter. You're, what's he saying? You're mine now. You belong to me. You belong to the Father. You're in the family. You belong. He says, daughter, go in peace. Why go in peace? Why is that important? Because your peace is always attached to your identity. Your peace is always attached to your identity. You won't have peace until you know who you are. Until you know whose you are. And leaders, if you're walking around, you'll try and be somebody else, and you'll go, and your life will be full of chaos and turmoil until you realize who you are. We only experience true peace when we actually get our identity stuff figured out. I'm still figuring some of that stuff out. I'm still on a journey. I'm still unpacking some of those things, some childhood wounds, some things I'm working through. We never fully arrive. But I'm finding the more I figure that stuff out, the more I come to terms with that stuff and realize who I am, the more peaceful my life gets, the more free I become. He says, daughter, go in peace. You see, predictable leaders will bring solutions and want to fix you and fix your situation, but unpredictable leaders, they don't just bring solutions and quick fixes. They actually bring a presence of peace with them wherever they go. They bring a non-anxious presence. And where does this come from? It comes from finding ourselves in the presence of God. That's why we began this whole thing with worship. Why? To center ourselves in the presence of God. It's where our peace comes from. And if you never find yourself in the presence of God, you'll never experience his peace, and you'll never be able to bring it to chaos. Jesus was constantly found with the Father in isolation. It's where we get inspired. It's where inspiration comes. Isolation produces inspiration. Some of you are looking for inspiration for the next season, what you're stepping into, and you, you never get alone with Jesus. You're looking at some book, some podcast, and Jesus, I, hey, if you just spend a few minutes with me, like just listen and shut up for a few seconds, like I actually have the plan forward. I actually have a pretty good thing, and I know for your context, it's not just copying somewhere else, because I know your people better than you know your people. I know what they need. I know what your community needs, and if you would just spend some time with me, like, hey, I got it figured out. I'm kind of a big deal. I'm the son of God. You got to get with him in his presence, and when we find his presence, it allows us to to remain unpredictable. And I, I remember there was a season, our, our first youth pastoring job, my wife and I, we started, we were working at, a, at the camp at Lakeshore for many years, and then we stepped into our first time of full-time pastoral ministry. And I don't have time to share the story with you. It was crazy, real crazy. But my first two weeks, long story short, my lead pastor got arrested. 
Yeah, didn't see that coming. It was a little bit unpredictable. Just a wee bit. And I had well-meaning people, friends, colleagues in ministry telling me, Jerry, like, get out of there, man. This is, nowhere to, this is no way to start. You know, just go somewhere else. Like, it is a mess. Our church split immediately. Like, it was a mess. And I remember because, thankfully, I had learned the discipline of finding myself and getting myself in the presence of God before I ever stepped into this position. David acted like a king before he ever became a king, before he ever got the title. I'm speaking to someone right now. You need to start acting like, a, act like what you want to be before you ever get the title. Anyways, and, and so I had learned to get myself in the presence of God before I ever became a pastor. And thankfully I did because it allowed me to remain unpredictable in a few things in that season of our lives. The first one was to stay when other people said go. When other people said run, was able to stay. And the second was to be able to get up on our very second youth night, a Friday night, I'll never forget it. We sat, I put a stool out in front of our students. Wasn't a huge group at that time, but they're all freaking out. They had heard rumors, what's going on with our church, what's happening. And I was able to sit on a stool and confidently look them in the eye and just have a pastoral moment and say, guys, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what is going on, just like you don't. But here's what I can tell you confidently. We are not going anywhere. Why? Because God called us here. And if he called us, it means he knew this was going to happen before we ever showed up. So maybe there's a reason he called us and not, I don't know. The fact is we're here and we're staying until he says otherwise. Yeah, it's messy. Yeah, it'd be easy to run. It'd be easy to go somewhere else. But we're not. We're with you to see this through until God says otherwise. We brought this non-anxious presence to a chaotic situation. That's unpredictable. People don't expect that. People in the world aren't expecting you to bring that to chaotic situations. But it brings this calm over people. It brings this, oh, thank God. Jesus was unpredictable with his pace, with his peace, and finally with his power. Jesus looked to his disciples in this moment after he's touched by this sick woman. And he says, who touched me? And his disciples are like, you're whacked, man. Everybody's touching you. What do you mean, who touched me? He's like, no, no, somebody touched me. Power when Luke's account, when Luke records this account, he actually says, power went out from him. Jesus knew this was a different type of touch. The power went out from him. And it's used to heal this woman. And, th and then he goes on, and he meets this little girl, and they make it, and people actually stop them on the journey after this whole moment happens with this sick woman. He continues on the journey to this sick little girl, and people stop him on the way and say, don't bother coming anymore. She's dead. It's too late. You're late. Jesus looks at Jairus and says, don't be afraid. Just believe. That's a non-anxious presence right there. Don't be afraid, just believe. And so they continue, and they get there, and he pushes everyone else out of the room except Peter, James, and John. Now, I believe he took those disciples in there because this was a foretaste. They were about to taste something that was going to build their faith for what was about to happen. Jesus on the cross, that whole situation where he died and rose again. They were going to need the faith to believe that Jesus even conquered death. And so he invites them into the moment as well. Along with the parents, he pushes everyone else out. They're laughing at him. They're saying, she's dead, man. What are you doing? And he's like, they're just, she's just sleeping. She's just having a nap. 
See, that's unpredictable. Jesus shows up. They're already doing the ceremonial stuff, you know, putting the, I, I don't know, all the stuff they do. Putting the herbs and spices and all the stuff they did back then. And, and Jesus shows up and says, she's just napping. Get out of the room. If you don't have the faith to believe, then get out. We can't have that right now. We need people of faith. And so he's, he, he puts them out, the word says. He puts them out. Some of you need to put people out. You need to silence the voices that are stripping down your faith. He puts them out. And he says to this little girl, real simply, doesn't cause this huge commotion. He just says, little girl, get up. And she does. Jesus uses his power in both these situations not to build himself up, not to build who he was. His, he did it to build the kingdom of God. He did it to serve other people. And this is what unpredictable leaders do with their power. They use it in unpredictable ways. How? To always serve other people, not themselves. Predictable leaders use their power to serve themselves. It's self-serving. It's to build their kingdom. It's to make a name for themselves. It's to get more followers on social media. But unpredictable leaders always use the power that God has given them. You know, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of you, lives in me. They access that power. Why? To serve other people, never to serve themselves. That's unpredictable. In a world we live in that is so self-serving, that's unpredictable. We were on a, a missions trip to, to Italy back in March, my wife and I, and we were in a, a service. I had spoken in a church that morning, and we had, we had ministered to the people there. We had a powerful, powerful service, uh, just a great church, great pastor. And uh, that evening, we were in this other church, very traditional, walked in, totally different environment, totally different vibe. You could feel it as soon as you, you walked in. And, and I was not on to speak, and I was kind of thanking God for that, because this was going to be a tough crowd, you know what I'm saying? Some of you have got up to speak when it's been a tough crowd. And uh, I, was, I was, so it would have been very easy in that moment, you know, time difference, we're tired, we've just poured out that morning, to just check out, to just kind of, you know, sit there, relax, think, okay, we'll get done this service, we'll go out, have some great Italian food, it's going to be good, it'll be a good night. But I'm like, no, God has put the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead inside of me, and that means I have access to that power, and somebody else in this place might need a touch from him. So this is not about me. I didn't come halfway around the world to make this trip about me. I'm going to be fully engaged. Even though I have no responsibilities tonight, I'm going to be fully engaged, fully, fiercely present. And so I start praying and asking, Holy Spirit, if you could do anything, say anything to anyone in this place, what would you do? What would you say? How would you want to use me? Holy Spirit prompts me about this woman sitting directly in front of us and just says she is carrying something so, so incredibly heavy. You can just sense it. I turned to my wife in the middle of worship. I said, we need to start praying for this woman. She is carrying something so heavy. God begins to download just something in my heart specifically for her, and I couldn't wait for the service to be wrapped up, so we go over to our translator. We could ask him to come over and, so I could pray for her. So I get our translator. He comes over, and I said, I just need to pray for this woman, and so she stands up, and so people gather around. I start to pray for her. Immediately, she starts just bawling, like just, cry, just weeping uncontrollably, just sobbing, just broken. Finally, we allowed her time to compose herself enough to, for her to share with the translator through her tears that she had just lost her 12-year-old daughter two weeks earlier, died to a disease. She's broken in this moment, as you can imagine. 
Not only that, she goes on to share her husband's at home, furious with God, doesn't want to set foot in a church again because this isn't the first child they've lost. They lost one as a newborn as well. This is their second child. And I'm sitting there hearing this. As I'm praying and delivering this message, I'm like, why, God? Like, why do some people just go through so much? God allows me to share with her that he loves her so much as it's not finished. He's not finished. As we just sang, he's not finished yet with her. And there's still more to come. And God's still got some good things. And he's going to turn this around. And just speaking to her that God would speak to a couple crazy Canadians halfway around the world. That's how much he loves this woman. That's how much he cares about you as I'm looking her in the eyes. And we have this powerful moment. Power that's used and access to serve other people. Why is any of this important? I'm going to invite the worship team to come join me as we wrap this up this morning. Why is this important? It's important because Jesus was worth the follow. And what made him worth the follow, in my mind anyways, one of the things, the greatest components outside of all the other things we would typically think of is the fact that he remained predictably unpredictable. He had adventure Everywhere he went, things were turned upside down. He did things counter to the, to the culture at the time. He was a leader worth following. And I'm, again, crazy enough to believe that if Jesus has called us to follow him, that we too can follow him in the same unpredictable ways. When's the last time somebody questioned you, questioned your life? I want to live in such a way that, that people are constantly questioning in my life. Why? Because questions, more so than answers, actually cause growth and development. Maybe the reason you're not seeing disciples made around you as much as you desire to see is because your life is very predictable. Maybe the people around you have stopped questioning your life because they can kind of figure it all out. They get it. It makes sense. I don't want to live in such a way that makes sense to my neighbors, to those even inside the church, people that may follow. I want to live my life in a way that doesn't make sense, that is unpredictable. Sometimes, sometimes I just do things. One of my favorite things is just do things or say things just so my kids will ask why I did that. And then I'll tell them, Dad, why did you say that? Why did you just do that? Why did you just yell out that in the car while we're just so you'd ask me why. Just like to switch things up. Just like to keep things unpredictable. <laughs> Maybe I'm just crazy that way, I don't know. One of the houses we lived at, in the number of houses we've lived at since we've been married, one of the houses we lived at needed a fence built. It was actually here in Ottawa. We were living in Ottawa at the time, pastoring here in I had called up this contractor to come and help dig the holes. I was going to build the rest of the fence myself. And, but I called up a contractor because the backyard is subdivision. It was really rocky and lots of just horrible fill. And so I wanted some help with that. And so because of the pace I was operating at, I had time to be fiercely present in the moment. I thought, I'll give my day up and I'll work with this guy. It'd be a little more economical for me as well. But I'll work with him and I'll get to spend the whole day with this guy and who knows what could happen 
who knows the unpredictable things that could happen today. And so from the time I was out there, started to work with him, I just start praying in the spirit, accessing the power, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. I start praying in the spirit. I start praying in tongues, not out loud, but we're just working away. And I'm just asking God for moments today as I'm working with this guy. Just open up some doors. I don't know what this guy needs, but you do, God. How would you want to use me? We're praying the middle of the day. I kid you, I'm not making this up. I kid you not. We're, we're digging a hole and he's got the auger going on the back of his tractor. And he was a smoker, like heavy smoker. So he's killing the tractor like every 15 minutes to have another dart. And uh, so he kills the tractor in the middle of one of these holes. He kills it and I think he's about to light up again. I'm like, oh, smoke break. But he doesn't. He looks me square in the eyes, right in the eyes, eyeball to eyeball. And he says, what do you do? I said, what do you mean, what do I do? He says, what do you do? I tell him, he says, I've been here the whole time, and from the time I set foot on your property, I can't explain it, I can't put it into words, but there's an aura here. This is the word he used to describe it. He says, there's an aura here. It's like just this sense of peace, this presence. I don't, I don't know, I can't put my finger on it. I've never experienced it before, but ever since I set foot on your property here today, there's something going on. And I have a moment to share with him what's behind that power, what's behind that presence, and share the gospel with this man whom I had never known before. Another unpredictable moment from an unpredictable God. What's waiting for you tomorrow, next week, next month? What unpredictable moments await you you see, you can continue to live life in predictable ways and have everyone figure it out. Or you can begin following Jesus with his unpredictable pace, bringing an unpredictable peace and accessing that unpredictable power to serve other people. You can do that too. And just watch what God will do in and through your life. Leaders worth following are predictably unpredictable. I want you to stand this morning as we wrap this up. We're gonna close and give you a moment. And I know we got coffee waiting and we got our first breakout happening at 11 in just a few minutes, but I do wanna have a moment here for you because I believe there are moments waiting. Time is measured in minutes, but life is measured in moments. There are moments that await here that might change the trajectory of the rest of your life because of today here at Initiate, here at this altar, maybe in these next few moments. Hey leaders, thanks again for tuning in today and listening to this word. I really do hope that you've been inspired, encouraged, even challenged by it. And if you have, then why not share it with somebody else? Maybe you know another leader, a friend who could really benefit from this word today. Why not share it with them on your social media or wherever you like to do that? As always, I really hope that your time spent listening to this podcast has been time well spent and helps you become the healthiest leader you could possibly be. And so until next time, remember that your leadership really does matter. So keep leading like it matters. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Leadership Matters Podcast. If you've enjoyed the podcast, why don't you take a moment and subscribe on iTunes to ensure you never miss another episode. Until next time, remember your leadership matters.